In the middle of the 20th century in the United States of America, hundreds and hundreds of teenage boys and girls are becoming hopeless dope addicts every year. It's fantastic. Welcome to the Pretty Girl Pill Club, where psychosomatic is our safe word. How's it going, Christian? Other than this reflective doctor's experience that we're about to get into, it's been a pretty, you know, a pretty positive plateau. It's, it's been nothing much, but all things considered, I've not been like very negative. I've not been like, I, I'm in a pretty comfortable spot with myself and also like my material conditions. So Me I feel too. very guilty about that, though. <laughs> like I, I recognize that like, you know, my friends or, or like, friends as families are not as uh, calm about things or, you know. I'm not calm, but I think I got over my initial panic because yeah. my initial panic was really intense. And then things just started to work out a little bit more. And so now I'm a little less concerned. Maybe I should be more concerned. Like maybe there's something I'm not seeing. I do. Um, I'm still like very concerned about like what happens starting June, but I think it's, I don't know. I think it's okay. Um well, I just mean, like, no one that I know is necessarily, like, directly know anyways, like, working in a field where they're, like, direct pulp for, you know, profit. Um, yeah. But, like, even like even if I go back to work, um, hopefully, like, in June when my foot is healed up, like, as soon as I go back to work, uh, a lot of my industry is sort of, um, you know, working in small groups of two or three, installing pipes and stuff. So it's not like I'm, you know... Uh, like exposed to a lot of like common vectors of disease and even if I am not that this makes it okay like I'm paid like $30 an hour to do this shit as opposed to like you know 12 or whatever at like a Starbucks downtown or like a fucking Baskin Robbins or Fuddruckers like you know um the I'm not uh as derangedly exploited as a lot of people super close to me are um yeah yeah. So working at the TSA, I don't know what like the traffic in Minnesota looks like, but you know, that's that's wild to me that there's. Just, I mean, like, that sounds like a sweet deal though, because he's kind of just getting paid to stand around and do a whole lot of nothing, right? Yeah, but like if shit started, you know, just like opens, opens in in June, you know, and there's no real testing or anything put in place. Like he's like the first line of fodder, which uh, I I don't mean to, I don't mean to right. be like a bummer. I don't know if he's thinking like that. I haven't talked to him in a couple of days, but. Um, but right, I just wanted to, cause I was thinking about this this morning or it, I was thinking about it a lot since yesterday. <laughs> I, um, I have to get checkups a lot for this, uh, broken foot I have, um, almost not broken anymore, you know, updates. And I had a doctor's appointment yesterday. And, um, typically when I go to this doctor, like I have appointments really early in the morning, like nine or 10. So there's even last time I saw him three weeks ago, there wasn't a whole lot of people there. Um, and so there wasn't a whole lot of masks. Like, I, I didn't feel out of place three weeks ago not wearing a mask at this doctor's office. But, you know, I don't, I can't, I haven't been walking to the store. I haven't been going outside. And I haven't asked anyone, like, to buy me a mask. I just didn't think twice about it. So I, like, walk into the doctor's office and everyone's wearing a mask. I'm, like, the only one not. Um, They're well, the, kind of the, hard to come by now, too. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, I don't necessarily know that the mask that everyone's wearing is, like, an N95. But they're, like, you know, taking some precaution to at least, like, be mindful of, you know, covering their face. I'm just, like, out there with my beard, scratching my face and shit. Um, but the only other person in, the, like, the, the clinic not wearing a mask was, like, I'm not faulting him for it. But, like, this rather heavy set dude <laughs> who was working, like, you know, in some capacity, like. Yeah. But anyway, the point is. 
he was just like loud and fat and like like uh constantly talking about musical trivia like he was talking about neil young nonstop while i was there and i was just like damn like you know like i hate i hate this guy because like he's exactly me like i just babble on loudly about musical trivia and apparently yeah. like have no regard for people's safety um it was it was a real like staring into the future moment for me like looking at this guy's midriff um <laughs> I'm surprised that you were allowed into the doctor's office without a mask because I forgot to like put a, one on. It's not like a doctor. It's like an occupational health. Well, still, because in LA, at least, you have to have one on to be in a public space. I forgot to put one on before I went to the bank the other day, and they literally wouldn't let me in. And oh, yeah, yeah, there's like a, like, in front of every business in LA, there's usually a security person. And if you try to walk in without a mask, they tell you to leave and come back. Yeah. So I know, yeah, I know that in like the last week, the mask thing has been a lot, like, has, has come up in discourse. And whether or not it's become uh, mandatory was was discussed a lot. But I haven't been following the news. I've just been um, schmeating my yeah. name and um, napping. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Garcetti made it law in LA that you can't go into a public space without one and you'll get turned away if you don't. So, um, for various other reasons, fuck Eric Garcetti. But, um, you know, other than that, I know that you wanted to talk about, or was I looking at the wrong, wrong week's notes? We wanted to tell some kook stories, I believe. Yeah, so the last episode that Christian was in, we did kind of um, origin the lore, stories. Yes. The lore, I guess. And we went on a lot of tangents in that one, so we didn't get to tell the full story. Also, we had a lot of technical difficulties in that episode, so a lot of stuff um, ended up getting cut out that otherwise would have been there. So, and also another thing we should mention uh just in case you can hear it is there's some construction going on uh, oh yeah that, below well, christian's place so I'll if you can hear it, it yeah so if you can hear it we apologize but um at least on my end it doesn't sound too bad so i'm hoping that it won't be too disruptive to the folks listening but i know some people are very sensitive to that stuff so yeah. just thought i'd mention it before someone you know you got to get in front of the criticism <laughs> um and before we get into it we're not professionals blah 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 we're just a couple (laughs) of idiots on the internet with fucked up brain chemistry if you don't have a sense of humor i guess it's your it's this is your opportunity to fuck off not really i mean that in the kindest way but um, no i don't fuck off yeah you gotta stop qualifying stuff (laughs) honestly yeah i feel like i do apologize for myself a lot in yeah, weird okay. ways. I do it in I post. actually I just like I get rid of your apologies. Oh wow, I didn't notice that. I like <laughs> that. Um uh but uh I was talk so I've been kind of messaging back and forth with this woman that I she was going to hire me for some design work a few months back and it ended up not really panning out and whatever. Um, but she's been messaging me lately and we were just talking back and forth. And the thing that she was going to hire me on to do was to do social media for her podcast. I'm not going to say which one it is because I don't want to put her on blast. I mean, I guess I would cause promo, but also I don't want her to know that I'm talking about her, whatever. <laughs> but I did mention that like, oh yeah, no, I started a podcast with my friend. She asked me like, oh, what's it about? And I spent maybe 20 minutes 
crafting my response to her because I'm so self-conscious about like the way that I don't know I'm just very like cognizant of the fact that like maybe people won't get this the way that I get it and I think I need to stop doing that and just realize that if people don't get what you're doing like that's their problem but at the same time like you know you still get shit like I guess at the same time like that's a big frustration not frustration but like uh precept i have where i'm like i, I want to communicate that like it's been a big deal with like my lawyers recently um i'm trying to avoid talking about my injury as like a legal thing um because i do post about it on my socials or whatever but uh the show that is but right all, all the time i'll be like oh i have to like you know i i don't know what's happening with like my benefits i have to ask my like lawyer this but he never answers my calls because he's like a busy guy even now so i have to like you know write it type it out on email and that's like a huge source of so for me you know like i'm just like oh, i don't know if he's gonna get this like fuck it i'm just gonna smoke and like try and do this tomorrow and um like i finally scanned a bunch of documents to my lawyer yesterday that i've been meaning to do for like three weeks so it's like you know as shitty as you think you're and you know annoying as you think your habit may be it's still propelling you forward it's like a yeah it, it, it maintains momentum you know i'm just like very <laughs> and yeah like you should probably know this from like experience and like our uh my my quitting a couple of things like i'm very much like self-sabotage and and you know flip over the table uh once I kind of like leave my comfort zone. Yeah, well, she, she responded to my reply that I spent 20 minutes crafting and I haven't opened it yet because I'm a nervous fuck. I'm like, oh, I don't want to know what she has to say about it. Yeah. Um, but that's just me being self-conscious about it. And I don't know, well, I guess it just comes from like anything you make you think isn't very good. Yeah. So like... Editing the first, like, couple takes of the first episode were very humbling. Because um, yeah. I was, I mean, I, we talked about this when we first, like, conceived about this in our, like, you know, cocaine-fueled Cinco de Mayo. Uh, right, I remember that. I forgot <laughs> about that until this very like, moment. <laughs> like, we were, like, it's not like we know anything, but just the sheer, like, you know, lottery of our lifestyles seems interesting to people. Like, the fact that we're, like, at that point, you know, like, 19 and 20-year-olds, in los angeles just trying stuff out is alluring to people like as a premise i do um, remember saying that and i hate myself for saying no that. Well, i know i know but not it's true because well that's true because because <laughs> no, we were, we were admitting i i think what, what that was a function of was us admitting like we don't know anything like we are 19 and 20 um, we're not 19 and 20 anymore we're right so, but... so i was like right i was like editing this shit in like this coffee shop uh in los gatos with like awful wi-fi and i was just like god like not only do we still not know anything but like now our lifestyles are so much less interesting (laughs) right yeah Um, because back then i mean when we conceived of this idea we were still in like our awful drug-addled manic phase and so now folks we were doing dope (laughs) oh yeah tons of it (laughs) um but like and now we've become so boring like we went from like 20 to like 45 in a matter of like a couple of years so but i think but i think that's almost better because we can talk about these things in retrospect and not you know sound like we're i don't know just like glorifying our bad behavior because it's like oh no right. well we don't really do that anymore so it's like yeah. i think um, well, i still do i'm gonna be <laughs> i still i mean look I if, I if do, you're I gonna like if, <laughs> if you're gonna go on a well i i don't 
do it in the sense that like I'm against it. I don't do it in the sense that like I don't go out anymore. I don't put myself in those situations. I think there's nothing wrong with like, yeah, you go on a bender a few times a year, whatever, do your thing, you know. We're all gonna die anyway, so whatever. But I think it was more so back then, it was just like too much of a constant. Right. You so need balance. And because we're talking about like um, a couple of things, like one being hypercritical of our own stuff and two wondering like what the whole hook is. Um, but three, we've always said this is as much for like the ourselves to learn as, as it is for other people. Um, and something that I was like recently thinking about this is going to sound weird, but there's like interventions I have to do at some point in my life. Like there are there are. Um, alcoholics near and dear to me um and i would never feel like comfortable discussing like hey i care about you um i want you to get better uh if i like never came to grips with discussing my own stuff and like analyzing that or like analyzing like the news about how we see mental health and stuff um so that's like you know you know getting getting our own messiness out there as dumb as we sound like might serve a function ultimately Yeah, well, I think it's also just not being, um, I talked about, we talked about this a little bit in the last episode, and I don't know how, how it came across, but really just, like, not feeling ashamed of ourselves, and, you know, like, owning our messiness, and, and owning that it's not a healthy, but it's a normal part of, like, growing into yourself, and, and I think, and, like, becoming self-actualized is you have to like make some messes before you can clean them up and i don't know where i was going with that but but yeah let's get (laughs) let's Let's get get down and dirty uh so yeah so in the last one we talked about how we met and like you know our we touched a little bit on like our drug-addled summer in creating Uh, public notice and coming up with the idea for pretty girl pill club but now we're gonna get into we're gonna get into the good stuff i think so you're gonna spill the tea i guess is what you're saying i guess i am i i think i wrote well in the notes i wrote mostly shit talk about stupid things i did when i was friends with brenda the origin of the name pretty girl pill club kind of came out of a toxic friendship that i had with this person Right, a different um, one, not not your friendship with me. Yeah, a different person. Um, and she found this sketchy doctor's office, quote unquote. Um, a, I mean, it's a pill mill, right? It's a like, pill mill. It's yeah. a pill mill. And but she, she like pretended like she just found like you know by accident. Yeah, she her whole narrative about it was like yeah no I just like looked up psychiatrists in Orange County and and this is the one that came up on Yelp so I went to it. Turns out it's a pill mill. I'm like you don't mm-hmm. accidentally find a pill mill. <laughs> like, and for context, this was all happening like when I dropped out of school and Sophie moved to LA. Um, so uh, I guess the point is like. Um, I don't know, like, that was your strong influence at that time, like, immediately locally. Yeah, because you, know? you weren't around, so <laughs> mm-hmm. this person was who I... What's her, what's her astrological s- sign? She's a Cancer with a Sag rising, and, oh, what is her moon? Uh, I can't remember, right. fuck. But uh, Cancer with a Sag rising. Sag, I'm sorry, I'm going to roast you real quick. 
y'all are some flaky motherfuckers. <laughs> all right. Like, y- you have no regard for people's time, people's feelings, anything. I, I think that's just, I hope that's just money. I hope we can generalize about all of Sag's like that, but maybe. Anyhow, so I guess the point, I, like, the reason I brought that up is because, like, uh, I wasn't there for any of this to happen. So it all just seems like really like um, storybook and kind of like unreal. But that's just like how toxicity. But it was, it was storybook and unreal. Yeah, Yeah, I (laughs) I do too. But it's true. Um, I mean, that's the best way to describe it. It was very storybook and unreal. I mean, this girl had, you know, so much money. She was living off of her parents' money. She was living alone in a two-bedroom apartment in Orange County. And... Like, she's very much a social butterfly, which I'm not. And Which none just, of these, like, make her a bad person or anything. Just yeah, these don't make her a bad person. I will say, like, it's great if you have money. Yeah. Like, that's fine. Like, it's not your fault that you were born into money. And honestly, I wish I was, too. But yeah. as, it, it's, as communist as I am, like, I can't, you know, shit would be so much easier if I was them. But oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just a matter of, like, having enough self-awareness to realize it, and I think to a degree she does. Like, I think that she is, like, very aware of her privilege. But sometimes... Because she's smart, yeah. Yeah, she's a smart person. I don't think she's dumb. I think she gets it. But I also think there's only... You can only get it so much, you know? When you have only had one experience. Well, you can only talk the talk so much. And I mean, like, I can't think of anything that I could, like, point at as them, like, you know... I mean, I also don't know them that well. I was going to say, I can't, yeah. <laughs> I can't I think mean, of anything they've done for anybody, but that's, like, very, very sweeping. I shouldn't say that. You can have a textbook, like, academic understanding of, like, privilege and class and all of these things and intersectionality, but mm. but it does, but that doesn't really equate to having a fundamental, You I need guess, the praxis. Yeah. I hate yes. to say it, but you need the practice. Are you on Twitter again yet? I know you're on like the PGPC Twitter. Just the PGPC Twitter. Okay. There was a meme a while, a couple months ago about praxis and like hot Twitter communist girls. But that's I feel funny. I feel like that's like a niche you should look into, being a hot commie girl. Because that's definitely like an emerging, <laughs> you know, sub niche of like oh, the growing e girl and e boy market. I haven't been on Twitter in so long that I'm just to... out of practice with, like, being on it. Like, I feel like I don't go on it very much. I need to get off and... of it. It's consumed so much of my time since I've broken my foot. But the thing is, like, what when I was off it, I feel like I missed out on so much. <laughs> but it's, like... I mean, like, I don't know. It's not good. That, like, uh, it's entertaining, right? But it's just bad for your brain. I genuinely think that. Yeah, it's pretty toxic. <laughs> but... Yeah. I'm just out of practice with being on it. So I I don't look at it as much as I think I should to be up with what the kids are are doing. So you're uh, you're hanging out with this like, you know, sort of bad influence, um, manic pixie dream girl sort of person. Oh, Um, like very very shrill voice, you know, very like so shrill. uh, And I think it's an affectation. I think it's an affectation, like but it's not, but the, it like, is. No, because, like, even when I was in dance with them in high school, like, they had a very, you know, high voice. Um, yeah. But, like, when when would you say, like, they became, like, a, a big influence in your life during, like, L.A.? And how would you, like, you know, quantify or qualify, rather, the influence that they had? Like, you know, did they, so... were they, like, what started bringing you out? Like, I don't know. Well, okay, so she... Um... 
Well, I hit her up on Twitter before I came down to L.A., and so we started texting and stuff, and then I got to That's L.A., funny. and we started... You did that before you moved to Washington, too. I remember you saying that to me. Like, you were just, like, following random um, freshmen yeah. from your school. And... Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I'm that guy, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but... Uh, well, I mean, it was different, but I already knew her yeah, because no, she went to our high school. So it wasn't that weird. It was just like, hey, you're in the place that I'm going to be. And yeah. we know each other vaguely. So, you know, and then I came to L.A. and we started hanging out. And then we immediately hit it off as friends. Like we immediately got super, super close we just had this relationship where it was like constant like setup joke setup joke like setup punch setup punch like the banter was kind of like unbelievable and so we just got along super super well and uh so we like started hanging out a lot and i didn't know very many people in la so she was kind of like my only friend for a while mm-hmm. um so and and she lived in orange county but she would rich girl shit would uber up to la for the weekend like every weekend um and so she was kind of always around and then i would go to orange county and hang out with her and we would just kind of go back and forth between orange and la constantly and hang out and and so she accidentally air quotes finds this pill mill she is like hey you should go there and get a prescription from this sketchy doctor and then fill it and i'll pay for it and then you can just give me the pills so me being a dumbass yeah i did this for her a bunch of times and which is just like insane this doctor's office quote unquote is a hilarious it's a hilarious place you can walk in with a cold and walk out with an Adderall prescription. Like, like even like, if you don't... Oh, go ahead. I was going to and like, not miss a single episode of Malcolm in the Middle. Like, it's a very... Oh, yeah. You're there for, like, experience. 10 minutes. Or you're there for you're, 10 minutes. You're consulting a doctor for very, very... Well, you're consulting time. a doctor for two minutes. Um, it's like a and, sort of thing. Yeah. And... And, like, even if you go in there not looking for Adderall, you will get offered an Adderall prescription. Mm-hmm. Like, like you don't even have to want an Adderall prescription. You just go in there and someone will be like, hey, want some Adderall? Um, it's, it's hilarious. And, I mean, obviously, uh, you guys probably aren't as close as you are anymore. But at what point did, like, um, things sort of start to, like, unravel? Or, like, when did... I'm assuming it was, like, their flakiness that sort of... Um, yeah well so she eventually moves up to LA and I just and so we started hanging out more and I just began to realize that like she just didn't care very as much as like her actions did not match her she's like a nihilistic Barbie doll yeah yeah totally I just felt like I mean it's just like so many things like and me not having a lot of friends in LA, it's easy to kind of be like, well, this is the only person I have, so I have to be friends with them. And eventually it got to the point to where I was like, I would rather have no friends than have this shitty friend that makes me feel awful all the time. Because it's like, it was a constant thing where like, we would have plans. And then up into the minute that I was calling an Uber, and then she would be like, oh, sorry, this crazy thing just happened, can't do it or whatever and like being two hours late to shit and like 
you know, just never on time for anything or just fucking not showing up or just like not answering the phone for hours and hours when we had plans and like um yeah I'd and I just realized that I'd rather have no friends than have this shitty friend that constantly makes me feel awful because it it's just like you can do that only so many times before it gets to the point where you're like this is like you know I can't make plans with you and and even rely on them to happen so, like, that's just frustrating, and it shows, like, a blatant disregard for people's time, you and know? And it's, like, it's, like, one thing if she's, like, being flaky and you guys, like, grow apart, but it's, like, it, it seems like, you know, she still wanted you to play, like, whatever role it was in her life, whether it was as, like, an emotional support or as, like, for all intents and purposes, like, a mule um, for yeah. pharmaceuticals. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and... She was just, like, so wrapped up in her own bullshit, I guess. But, oh, right, I was going to say, it felt like every single day there was a big emergency. There was a big drama. Like, there was always something ridiculous. Like, literally every other day, oh, my God, this insane thing just happened and I can't make it to X, Y, Z. Like, it's just, like, whose life is like that, you know? Like, and it almost feels like maybe in a self-sabotage-y way, but it's like when you live your life in a way that is conducive to so much drama and so much bullshit going on it's like like why do you wonder how you get into these situations you know what i mean like you have to take some responsibility in like why your life is so ridiculous you know (laughs) and like it's i don't know it just like never makes sense to me i'm like nobody's life is like that Nobody's Um, life is just one big, like, nobody's life is one big episode of the L word every fucking day, you know? Yeah. Um, I definitely think that that is a thing. Like, uh, and it's not new, but uh, people, um, people be out here trying to create, you know, spontaneity and uh, novelty in their lives. But rather than, like, picking up a book or a hobby, um, you pick up new people and... um, and like, you just I, create problems for I, yourself. I've, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find, like, places to, like, you know, step in without completely derailing you. Um, no, you're fine. But, like, for some context, like, I, I hung out with this person maybe, like, a, you know, five times in my three years that I lived in L.A. Um, and most of the times it was just, like, we ended up being in the same place. It wasn't, like, I was in communication with them and Sophie. It was just, like, mm-hmm. Sophie invited me to this Japanese breakfast show, and uh, mm-hmm. this person was there, too. But anyway, that specific show <laughs> that I went to with Sophie, ooh, it was um, it was us two, and then oh, um, yeah. the, our, our favorite pretty girl in question, like, the toxic Sophie's friend. And then um, a dude who, like, was trying to get with her who was, like, her coke dealer, I believe. And then, like... A woman. So I connected them. No, I okay. connected them. And yeah. I didn't meet him because he was a coke dealer. I met him through some other means, but then he ended but, up being a coke dealer. But, and like on top of all of that ridiculousness, the fact that like Sophie and I are here with like Brenda and her connect. Oh, fuck. <laughs> that Sophie we'll, and we'll I. We'll believe it. We'll yeah. believe it. That Sophie and I are here with um, her friend um, and her friends connect. Like we were all. Like, I don't know, it was very uneven because, like, there was also, like, a, a Tinder date that was here with them, right? With, like, the oh toxic my God, girl. Yeah. And she was there just, was like, being so neglected much. the whole time. And so it was just, like, like, no one, like, they constructed a situation where everyone was more or less trying to, like, bide for their time, it seemed like. And it's it was pretty ingenious because, like, you and I were trying to, like, just kind of, you know, 
catch up and like smoke cigarettes with them and like you know reminisce about high school or whatever um, and talk about how weird this is and then you know coke dealer mikey was like trying to like get her uh you know one-on-one yeah. to do whatever and then like the the random tinder date like yeah it was a masterful play if i if i but it seems like you know this was a re- like dynamics but like she this acts- were regularly occurring yeah and she acts like this stuff just happens to her i'm like no you invited him yeah. like she wanted to make it seem like he invited himself and and i'm like no like that doesn't i mean yeah people invite themselves to shit but it was so blatant that for her to act surprised it just didn't add up and and so it feels like she manufactures these situations so that she can just be like oh my god isn't this crazy and wild it's like this weird self-destructive thing dude did i tell you about the time that she brought me on one of her tinder dates um (laughs) I feel like you may have but just i mean like god the fact like that she's, she's done this more than once yeah that's no oh the crazy thing about this time okay so we were gonna go to this art gallery opening and i get there and she's like oh my god i invited two tinder dates what am i gonna do i'm like you know <laughs> that you invited two tinder dates this didn't just happen to you you set up two dates at the same time, at the same place. And so she ends up having these two, these two poor fucking girls drag along on this quote unquote date, which was like an art gallery opening that we were going to that she invited two Tinder dates to. And then one of the girls sucked. And so she ended up leaving. And then the other girl, we took her to Earth Cafe and whatever and just like hung out and shit. But it was so weird. It was such a weird dynamic. And like, who does this? It who does not this? Fun for anyone. <laughs> like, I mean, no, whatever. You put on a so nice weird. face. But yeah, like, it's like, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, I feel like we've sort of been like ta- talking about like peaks of like, uh, like ridiculousness of their behavior. But I mean, yeah. the, the central point was that like, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Like, what is, like, like the she central, really is, like, uh... She is the pretty girl in Pretty Girl Pill Club. <laughs> Almost. Like, like that just kind of epitomizes yeah. what, like, the inspiration. Well, where the name actually came from, a lot of it. So, we were, this is another funny story. So, we had gone to the kooky psychiatrist, and then we were going around to that's all what, these that's different. That's what we call the pill mill, by the, by the way. Yeah, the pill mill. Yeah, Yeah, the kooky psychiatrist or the kooks for short. Um, We were going around to all these pharmacies trying to fill these like illegitimate uh, Adderall prescriptions. And we we probably went to 10 pharmacies that day just trying to fill it. And (laughs) at one of them, we're walking in and there's some like homeless people that appear to be on meth, like sitting outside the store. And she has this moment of clarity that I will never forget because it was so funny and also so sad in so many ways. We're walking into the pharmacy and she's like, she looks at them and she looks at me and she's just like, the only thing separating us from them is I have a Chanel bag. And which like, is very astute. I mean, she's right about which that. Which is so, which, which honestly for her, so profound and so true. Like, yeah and she just has this moment of clarity and then snaps out of it and it's back to like our bullshit like it was so funny and so yeah so like the meaning of like pretty girl pill club is like 
kind of out of that moment of clarity that she had of realizing that like yeah like the only thing separating us from these homeless meth addicts is is a fucking chanel bag or i guess the chanel bag being a metaphor for for having money and class status it's like the the lindsay lohanification of you know I mean, not just drug use or mental uh, health, but like um, how the state responds to these crises and how like, you know, things are criminalized or codified as criminal just depending on class. Because uh, it's not like, you know, that person had nothing to do with developing these social codes. But a lot of the times we were just like, damn, like these people are so like out of touch, so like rich, so evil that they like can't even conceive of the fact that like other people have lives that are just as valuable or just as difficult. But no, they know, and mm-hmm. it's like, um, they're leveraging that. Uh, it yeah. works in their favor, and like that's why, you know, um, a lot of the things that seem to have inertia that'll never change, like, are built that way. It's, it's to dishearten you, so that um, a small group of very dainty people can, like, um, and it's whatever, like, I don't, I don't know what her, fa- her parents do. It's not like her parents, like, own a fucking bank. Like, her um, parents, uh, her dad's a doctor, and then I think her mom is just, like, a rich housewife. Yeah, I mean, like, he probably makes great money, but it's not like he generational you know, himself, wealth. It's not like he himself like has any whole like structural power or like political power. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and this is like the level of comfort and like privilege that she's able to manifest. Like I mean, you saw it. Like you know, live an objective like you know drug problem addled lifestyle where you're like constantly self sabotaging. Like- and still yeah. come out on top, still fail upwards, you know? And I, I failed yeah, upwards yeah. for a long time. I'm still in the process of it. So it's rich for me to, like, shit on other people for doing that. But, um, like I said, her doctor is just – her, her parents are just doctors or whatever. Like, you know, imagine the level of absurd, like, just contradictory comfort that people who actually, like, own countries are able to attain. And at, like, the, the same time, they turn around and they're like, oh, like, you know, you lazy of opium addicted, you know, fucking coal miners. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, right, like she, there's two approaches you can get like really mad like me or you can like you know make cool uh pins about it and uh a sort of nihilistic doomer aesthetic like sophie <laughs> yeah oh yeah christian called the pretty girl pill club brand doomer chic and i love that um so so that's really what we are we are doomer chic but yeah. she had i mean the type of yeah, it's almost like she was able to fail upwards in a way that yeah, I also did that for a long time until I stopped until I didn't anymore. Right. It's like oh, I I and also like I think our, you know, success in spite of failures was never at like this material cost of anyone else. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, um, that's true. It was only at the material cost of ourselves. Yeah. I at least not intentionally and hopefully not uh recurringly. Like I never really got my kicks out of like, you know, making other people feel shitty or stringing them along. But it seems like this yeah. was that person's like primary diversion or, you know, primary medium to play in, so to speak. I mean, I guess it's kind of like that thing of when you have so much material comfort, you have to manufacture adversity mm. for yourself. Yeah. And and that's kind and and that's not to say that she didn't have any adversity in her life. Look, she did. Um, which like just for even though we're not naming her, I'm not gonna talk about her personal adversities because they are significant and they are real and they are legitimate and I don't want to downplay that. Yeah. So it's not to say that like this person just has a perfect easy life. It's not like that. But there does come a point where you have so much comfort that 
you begin to just manufacture problems for yourself because you're bored and i mean and it's it's sad really like i I think we're getting to have language about this that we didn't always have before like the idea of like a karen is new um and i definitely see this person as like a proto karen like this is what um the entitled sort of like middle class or working class like soccer mom looks like when they're one younger and two like have a lot more money um and people willing to make excuses for them um yeah yeah so So, i mean like what are she does have this stepford wife thing going on (laughs) like very old money because that's what she was i mean she was generational wealth is no joke my guys yeah so i mean like the like what what are the like the you have this friend brenda um their relationship or your guys is your pairs friendship is um you know not necessarily serving you in any sort of positive way like yeah how, how would you like notice like the other than financial toll like how would your friendship with them take a toll on you well so whenever we hung out she did like pay for everything and she almost like threw money at our friendship as a mm-hmm. way to replace as like a stand-in to for like for actually right to like instead of being a good friend just throw money at it Mm -hmm. and at the time that felt okay but I felt used in a lot of ways because I felt like I gave so much and I feel like I do this a lot in relationships I give and give and give and give and give and like yeah you should give without expecting anything in return but there comes a point where you're giving so much and getting nothing back that it becomes like destructive to Mm -hmm. yourself and i think it got to that point and there also becomes a point where you like don't expect to actually receive anything like in time right like i mean yeah not to say that like every friendship is transactional and it's like i do a but there's a a give and take yeah there has to be a give and take after so many last minute cancellations, I'm sure you just sort of assumed that like you would you and know, so not egregious. receive anything from Brenda. Yeah. Like it was just you. Yeah, and they the last minute cancellations were just so egregious too. It's mm-hmm. not like like yeah, people are flaky. But like <laughs> there's flaky and then there's Brenda. And like, that's not, like, it's... the biggest deal. It's also just, like, you know, how they would refuse to apologize or, like, refuse to contact you or... Um, it's right. not just it... that, like, you know, saying, oops, this isn't happening is, like, trauma in and of itself. It's the being lied to. Um, well, and to make herself... And making herself the victim. The victim, right, Like, yeah. she was always the victim in that scenario. Mm-hmm. It was never about me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was never about how I felt. It was always about, like, well, this happened to me. Like why don't you feel bad for me? Like, this happened to me. Isn't it crazy? I'm like, and I guess I just didn't have the words for it at the time. But it's like, yeah, this happened to you because you manufactured a situation that was conducive to you being in a weird situation. Like, you know, and it's not to like, and I'm not like victim blaming or anything like that. And and it's not that deep, but like take some accountability for your life and yourself and your actions and like i just don't think she ever really took accountability for the things that she would do to people and then be surprised why she is like why do you have so much like drama amongst your friendships i don't know maybe because you're a terrible friend like like you have to realize (laughs) that you're the common denominator (laughs) and as like good as it probably felt i don't know if you ever said that to them but like I mean, you probably know this, like that, that would be like a terrible, and like, that's why toxic friendships are typically not, you know, I would say worth salvaging. Um, it becomes such a lopsided thing that like you so desperately want to be like, you are doing X, Y, and Z. 
Um, but like whenever it comes to conflict resolution, we should try and like always talk about ourselves, right? Like, you know, I feel X, Y, and Z when you think this way or, or you know, don't think about me in this way. Um, yeah. But it's hard to do that when you've been stepped on for so long. So it's like, you know, how could you functionally have, a, you know, any sort of conflict resolved without you like asking them to be accountable? But we know that like telling people like you need to do this or you're fucking up in these ways, like makes them more grounded in like the thought patterns that are, you know, making yeah. them be toxic friends so look and it's not to say that i'm a perfect friend by any means but <laughs> but you are not kidding I'm just <laughs> <laughs> but like and and i even recognize and i said this to her at one point that it's like i realized that there was a time when i was really militant about people like respecting my time and like you know doing the things that they say they're gonna do and blah 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 blah. and i realized like there was a time when i was a bit too militant about that and i needed to just relax a little bit and i think that i have but even after i kind of like relaxed my militant attitude it's, it's like it didn't make the situation better it didn't make our like friendship dynamic better honestly it just made me forgive things that maybe i shouldn't have forgiven honestly and like let things go that I really shouldn't let go, you know? And yeah, I mean like identically, I'm not, um, it would be far from the truth for me to say like I've not been someone who uh, has like put my emotions first and like used people to like get the attention or like the comfort I needed. Um, well, look, there's but, like, putting your emotions first and then no, there's I mean, like, like, been, like flagrantly disregarding other people. I'd say I've like, you know, been whatever. The point is like, <laughs> um fuck what was the point like right it, i mean you know whatever we we find ourselves in situations um i've definitely been like manipulative and manipulated at different points of different relationships um yeah i guess i just wanted to say yeah i'm not perfect either but so right i mean i guess just the, just the tendency of like having been in the, the the seat of both like manipulated and manipulator um <sighs> that's not to say that like this person um what was the name that we're using? Uh, Brenda. That Brenda always had like malicious intention and malicious intents. Like there were genuinely times when I was having like, you know, like um, really difficult episodes where I was making myself the victim in situations that I, I genuinely wasn't. But it's like at that time, I, I just wanted like, you know, attention and, and comforting from the person I was like more or less emotionally sequestering and blackmailing. Um, yeah. So it's like, you know, just because we're saying this person's manipulative doesn't mean we're saying they're like some sort of Machiavellian genius. It's like they just, you know, are drawing attention to themselves, it seems like, all the time. Um, and that also seems to cause a lot of like the the issues that they then, you know, are hurting friends like you with, I guess is the point that I was trying yeah. to get to. Um, yeah, and I don't think she's a bad person. Like, I, I mean, obviously, like, I still love her and care about her. I don't talk to her. Mm -hmm. Like, I kind of just like one day just was like you know what fuck you and kind of just haven't talked to her since um because yeah you go ahead well and i remember the last thing she said to me was i don't have the capacity to take care of anybody (laughs) but myself right now and i'm like i'm not asking you to take care of me i'm asking you to be my friend the frame like, there is, is very big. like like what the fuck is wrong with you you think that being a decent fucking friend is like having to take care of me yeah. like no 
But no, I mean, that, that also no. does kind of, I think, reveal that, I don't know. I mean, doesn't that kind of reveal that they thought that you were taking care of them at some point? If you were just asking them for the courtesy that you were giving them, you know, like showing up on time and being a decent friend. Yeah, probably. That kind of shows that like, well, you know, people take care of me because whatever rationale they have. But right now at this moment in time, I can't do that. Um, yeah. So. And like, I don't know. It's like. Do you really think that, like, showing up to the plans that you make with people and keeping promises and, like, doing the shit that you say you're going to do is taking care of me? Like, no, that's just what people do when they're friends. Like, it's not, come on, get over yourself. So, like I don't know. So that's that's my rant about Brenda. But <laughs> but yeah, the point of, you know, what Brenda revealed through their... Um, I don't know, like marathon, drug abuse, and uh, abandoning of friends. That seems too harsh. I don't know how you want to describe it, but it's probably a lot yeah. more fun than those words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there were... Well, and also, like, the, the our friendship was also so self-destructive in, in so many ways. Like, she would literally just, like, come up to L.A. for a night, and we would sit in my apartment on the west side and just, like, do drugs all night. Yeah. And and drink a couple <clears throat> bottles of wine and like be up all night and then I would have to go to work at like ten a.m. and I but would yeah, like and like you felt like you were like doing it though you know like you were like doing what you were supposed to be doing at that age. Um, yeah, and I think that is what I was supposed to be doing at that age. And no, I mean, yeah, I don't disagree. Um, yeah, but it but you do get to a point where you just like wake up one morning or you don't wake up. You're just laying in your bed staring at the ceiling because you did so much cocaine that like you can't. <laughs> do anything else uh and you're just like this isn't fun anymore Um, like i mean i guess like the the biggest lesson i guess that i'm trying to like we like we're fed a lot of information about like the lifestyles that are cool i mean we're a very like information heavy advertisement heavy like cohort of humans um and i mean it's no you know secret that like the media we consume typically normalizes like really outrageous behavior, really like self-destructive behavior. Like The Sopranos is like one of the most critically acclaimed TV shows and it's about like this awful human being like destroying everyone around him's life. Everyone around him's life. Breaking lives. Bad. And I was going to say, and like, yeah, you could say that about any number of like critically acclaimed TV shows or movies in like the last mm-hmm. 10, 20, maybe even 30 years. Um, so the point is like we think... And, like, we, because we think that that stuff is cool or, like, that's what, like, you know, powerful people or famous people or cool people are doing, like, uh, we're able to, like, you know, in the moment lie to ourselves and not question, like, the actual damage that, like, we sure on some level we know we're doing, like, you know, whatever. Like, I, I knew that, like, cocaine was bad, but I was definitely, like, doing it at points. Um, um, Look, things are... I'm not, like, demonizing, like, our drug use. I think, like, things are fine in moderation. But if you're, like, staying up all night just doing drugs and, like... I guess the, the, yeah, you know. like, the, like, the biggest point is, like, you know... Because um, I don't want to demonize it either. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, uh, like I, by no means should that ever be, like... If that's, like, a foundational, like, thing to any friendship or relationship. Um, yeah. It's, it's, I feel it's like that was transactional, for a long time. Um, And it's not, like, there's there's very little good that could come of it. Very little lasting good. Because it's very short-sighted, you know. Like, you're thinking it's, it's just clouded. Like, you're not approaching it with the same sort of, like, brain you are when you approach it. It's other. funny. Go ahead. It's funny because you think you're doing so much. But it's like, no, you're just sitting in your fucking apartment 
getting low. doing blow and drinking wine, but you think that you're doing so much. And it's like, no, you're not. You're not. <laughs> I was sitting in like a room one time. And there was a point where I was like court ordered to go to like Alcoholics Anonymous meetings to like avoid going to jail. Um, <laughs> that makes it sound like I had a bunch of like worse drug problems, but I'll leave it at that. He, um, no, it's fine. No, it's fine. You stole uh, a book. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I got arrested for stealing books, like the nerdiest shit ever. So, okay. But it sounds like way cooler if I'm just like, I was court ordered to go to AA. No, but, but anyhow, I think it's, that's a really good summation of you as a person is yeah. getting, is getting arrested for stealing books. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And you know what? Maybe we'll talk about my criminal past in like a future episode. Because it's not that I don't want to talk about it. There's just so many like things I want to say about like the absurd, like uh, yeah. You know, we'll like, we'll get into events. that in another yeah. episode. I just I want to yeah. give it respect, and I don't want to. Um, mm-hmm. Right, but anyhow, <laughs> uh, there was there was a gentleman who was telling a story about how um, for years he was like, I need to get sober, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But like there would just be like a switch that happened at some point. And, like, he would, like, I mean, I, I kind of feel like this at some point, like, when I'm driving some places and I'm like, fuck, how did I get here? Like, how did I get home? You know, like, you just kind of go on autopilot. And um, mm-hmm. that's kind of scary in and of itself because you're like, shit, <laughs> I'm not actually, like, you know, uh, consciously in control at all times. Um, but I was trying to go home, right? And this guy was like, I'm not trying to go score. But I would, like, you know, I would just, my car would somehow find itself at my dealer's house, like, at all hours of the night. Um, no matter how far I was originally. Um, um, and I don't know. It's just like you feel, fuck, I, that's a very bad analogy. I don't, I don't necessarily know what I was trying to draw from there. But it's just like, I don't like, you know, you're not consciously aware of a lot of like the bad behaviors you're doing while you're doing them, I guess. And yeah, no brainer. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of the discourse we have around addiction or, you know, uh, mental health like doesn't, you wouldn't you wouldn't think that that's like a, a common commonly known thing with how it's framed um so <clears throat> i guess the point is just like you know uh we like to think that we're not dumb people but we did like very very dumb things for like extensive amounts of time <laughs> so yeah. um you know it's never too late you know you're not like necessarily damaged goods you might just need a change of scenery if any of this like resonates with you um yeah yeah and you know it's better to have no friends than than shitty friends so i mean when our like there was a time when our entire friendship would be like she would come like i would buy coke and then she would like venmo me for it and then she would come over with a couple bottles of wine and we would just sit up all night doing drugs yeah and like that like that that was a thing and it's like that it's not interesting or cool or like i was gonna say i've been in the orbit of like that sort of transaction like i've never you know like actually that's not like my drug of choice are you talking about me no no well no i mean like for other people or i mean um i mean through you yeah i think i've been around it but it's like when someone's going through that process of like calling the guy and meeting with up with the guy like there is like a visible electricity and like concern running through that person and the, like those groups of people. Like it is very exhilarating to do. So I, I, I can kind of see how like, you know, the fun of that can sort of like consume a friendship and like, you know, not leave you up with enough time to be like, okay, like, wait, this, this person's kind of a bitch. And <laughs> yeah. And not, maybe not like, like actually treating you a little bit. Well at all. What was that? 
and and using you a little yeah. bit, which also reminds me of. Uh, so a couple years ago, I got I went through a pretty intense like breakup, and the day that he broke up with me, I immediately went out, bought an eight ball of coke, and because I, w- I was I, there for that one, yeah, yeah, yes, <laughs> and I. What because I was so scared of being alone, it was like, oh, if I have drugs, people will want to hang out with me. And I mean, I actively knew that at points, like during like my later yeah. tenure at UCLA, when like I wasn't really fucking with you know my coursework. Um, yeah, because I was like, oh, well, now I have drugs, so like if I ask people to hang out, they will come through because yeah. I have drugs, and yeah. like so I would just be like, hey, anybody and everybody, hang out with me. I have drugs. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Like that was really the whole thing and it and like looking back on it i'm like that is so sad that's so sad mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you like get to a point where you're just like and then you come home and you're alone in your apartment with like you know a shit ton of drugs and you're just like i have nothing yeah. i literally have nothing yeah. and it was so sad uh and then i went to therapy <laughs> and now here we are <laughs> so um so yeah i mean None of this makes us cool. I mean, I would probably, like, undo a lot of that stuff uh, if I could. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Because I think that everything that happens in... This is going to sound so, like, woo-woo and, like, obnoxious. But, like, everything that happens in your life ends up leading you to where you end up. And to be honest, I'm, like... I as di- But it wasn't as worth shitty. it. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, the cons definitely outweigh the pros. Like, whatever. I'm wiser. But, like... Wouldn't it have been more wise to just not have fallen prey? I mean, whatever. That's like it. it but you don't know what the alternative outcome would have been. So can you yeah, really get, rely on that. the alternative being better? You know, I I think that yeah. I think that as shitty as things are right now, I can look at myself and my life and like where I am in life and be like, you know what? I'm happy that this is where I ended up. Like, for a while, I was really down on myself for quitting school or, like, the weird route that I took Mm -hmm. in my higher education, and I was really self-conscious about it. But now I look (laughs) at it, and I'm like, all of those, like, weird twists and turns ended up leading me to a good spot, so I don't take it back. I was going to say, you know, it's not so much, like, I regret the damage I've done to myself or whatever, but it's, like... uh... And I, I like I, I disagree with this now, but it's like the the harm I've done to people. Like I shouldn't. Oh man! Like if I could have, you know, spared these people, I think that's just like a sort of like in, not intrinsically, but I think guys say that a lot to sort of like um, I don't know. <laughs> I've heard that commonly expressed by a lot of dudes. Like the whole like oh I wish yeah. I was better just because like, um, because I I did these bad things to these people. Like I, I don't know. I find myself thinking like that a lot. And I, I hear a lot of my dudes, dude friends say that. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying, yeah, like, I, uh, this, this, it just happened, you know? It just happened. It definitely, like, changed my perspective on a lot of things. And for that, I am grateful, you know, like, the ups and downs and, like, deep contact. I just think there's nothing, I think there's nothing productive in about, like, being like, well, if I could take it back, I would. There's nothing productive about that because you can't, Right. So it's almost easier, in a sense, to hold the perspective that, like, no, ultimately it led me to who I've become, and I like who that person is, and, like, it's fine, you know? I don't know. I mean, like, I guess it would only be, like, instructive to say it if you're trying to get people to, like, not do it and say, like, you know, drugs are bad permanently, but... 
that's right. not like, that's yeah, not the point. I, that's not the point. I mean, like you know, I would love it if like younger kids, you know, never did drugs too 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 soon. If they all waited to like a proper age where their brains were developed, but that's just like you know, functionally never possible. Um, yeah. So like you're right. Like trying to be instructive about it and say like this is my biggest regret is probably counterproductive and not, you know. It's not helpful. It doesn't make you feel better. Yeah. Maybe it makes other people feel better, but that's it not what's It makes you important. seem like professional and like, you know, corporate. Um, but that's not what matters to you. I think it's not exactly. necessarily like, yeah, you can say th- to other people, yeah, yeah, if I could take it back, I would or whatever or whatever is appropriate for the situation. But within yourself, realizing that like that it's counterproductive and <clears throat> It's not helpful to me and my self-worth to to rag on myself about it, yeah. you know, and instead recognize that that all these things, you know, I mean, obviously, like I'm a atheist it, and I don't right. believe in God or anything, but but I think like to a degree, the whole like oh, everything happens for a reason trope. There's some truth in that in the sense that like, yeah, things happen and most of it is just chaos. Yeah. And well, I was going to say there's, but it, there's probably but like, it leads you somewhere. But I think, yeah, there's like fundamentally at least two like fields of discourse around mental health. And like one of them is like, you know, get better so you can go back to doing things with regularity, um, which like I think would probably be best summarized by like, you know, find the right therapist and the right medication as like quickly as possible. Um, and yeah, like maybe brag on yourself all the time. And then like, you know, mental health discussions for like the sake of like actually just questioning what it is that like makes people happy and like what role like, you know, things serve in their lives. Um, cause it's like, I don't know. I don't necessarily care if I ever like get like a prestigious position or like a prestigious title, but like a lot of like my earlier, you know, like therapy was very much centered around like getting my career or like my life back on like whatever progress I'd imagined it to be on. Um, but like yeah. now I don't like care, you know, it's like whatever, like whatever I say and whatever's out there. I don't know. I feel like today wasn't a very funny week, but, uh, you know, that's just how shit is, you know, like, if this is a show about mental health, we should, like, also, uh, I guess, accept that, like, we can't always be, you know, like, the top-tier world-quality showman that we have been on episodes one through five. Um, <laughs> uh, we do our best. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, like, it, yeah, it's week six for, I think, California's lockdown. This is obviously, like, you know, the third or fourth month of coronavirus being, like, a global phenomenon. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know just yeah I was I, last week I wasn't feeling good but I was also just like I have nothing to fucking say like uh, I think a lot of people feel like that and Ronnie and I talked about this last week about yeah. like yeah we just we're all just kind of in this weird it feels like everything is on pause yeah. you know but at the same like, time like you know yeah like we can't just stop you know existing yeah. So yeah, it's just it's like a weird spot where everything feels like pointless, but it's also like, you know, consistency is like the only thing that matters in anything. So, um, yeah, just fucking put. Hey, I think the Brenda, I think the Brenda stories were pretty funny, but I might (laughs) I'll see if this works out. I'll go back through and try to edit Brenda Um, (laughs) like any time we like sort of try and uh, talk around the fact that we're not saying their name. Um, yeah that might work out pretty well actually but yeah i don't know anything else you'd like to say to close this off um oh yeah i should also say our website is now up so 
all of the playlists that Ronnie makes uh, for us and stuff and are going to be on there. Well, they are on there. All of the show notes and everything are on there. Um, also, like all of, I made, uh, this is kind of dumb and cute and silly, whatever. Uh, I made like phone wallpapers out of like a lot of the cute graphics that we use on our Instagram and stuff. So Dinner if chic. you like, yeah, our Doomer chic aesthetic. Um, so if you like, you know, kind of the, the stuff that's on our Instagram and the style and whatnot, uh, those are on our website also that you can like download and use and whatever. Um. Uh, so those are there and uh yeah email us send us dms leave us ratings and reviews i would love to like hear feedback from people and stuff um and also like i don't know like maybe get some input from other people and like whatever but happy 420 this will probably come out on friday but you know happy 420 yeah um belated 420 I don't know, like, you know, probably no one who, like, needs to hear this will hear it. But, like, I hope you're getting through it, you know? Call your sponsor. Don't do heroin. Um, yeah, don't do heroin. <laughs> that's the one drug I'm going to hardline say don't do. And, like, a couple other ones. But, like, that's, you A know, couple other ones. <laughs> that's but... obviously, like, the, the most important one. Um, yeah. And, and, yeah, stay safe, folks. I don't know. Drink water. Yeah. Uh, Oh, fuck. Yeah, I need to drink more water. And I need to stop eating nothing but Doritos and sugar cookies. That That's a big one. But yeah, uh, pgpcpod.com is our know. website. And and throw so any... anything... Go ahead. I was going to say, throw oh, any, uh, any yeah, suggestions. So, <laughs> yeah, so anything and everything we ever talk about or mention or whatever, it's that's kind of going to be the hub for it. Uh, so yeah, so you can go through that. And, and, you know, follow us on all the socials and stuff. I think our Instagram is pretty fucking cute, if I do say so <laughs> myself. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's been Pretty Girl Pill Club. Take your meds. Do all the things. We're tired. <laughs> uh, but I guess meeting adjourned. Meeting adjourned. We did it. Okay.